It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That crazy starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits are not afraid. I have a freaking listen to yourself, the world, but it don't need something to your own head. Beat it up and I've seen that no sheets. The ladder from the platter with the fear fight down. Like fire in a fire, Mr. Sixth Southern Gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But you wasn't coming in a hurry, you were sure you down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. In the dark heart of the city, a mysterious figure known as Dr. Bones. That's right, dark and mysterious we are. And I am indeed Dr. Bones, and this is... Nurse Amy! Nurse Amy, and together we are the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, a tidbit of triumph in a tempestuous world. <laughs> <laughs> we are indeed, you know what we are? We are the prodigious pair. We are the masters of disaster. We are... The hosts with the most, and we're here to help you keep it together, even if everything else falls apart. Friends and neighbors, have you been injured in an accident with an unreasonable ungulate? An ungulate is a mammal with hooves, so if you found yourself on the receiving end of those hooves, maybe you're the one that's being unreasonable. In any case, our attorney says don't call us, call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, and listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only, and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Now, real, real quick, before I lose anybody who's listening to that show, this show... I'm going to talk the entire show about prevention and management of heart disease, high blood pressure, and kidney disease. No matter how old you are out there, this is either going to be a problem in your future or could be a problem right now. So please listen to the whole show. That's right. I am encouraging you folks, not only for yourself, but maybe for a loved one. This is an Amy-intensive show, and I am (laughs) thrilled. I made you leave. (laughs) I can't. I am thrilled. It's amazing. I have lots of stuff to talk about, but you know what? We'll talk about those things next week because this stuff is obviously more important. We're going to give. And I'm passionate. And she's passionate about it, (laughs) and she's a lot more entertaining than I am. So, without further ado, here's Nurse Amy. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about being healthy. I heard Bernie Sanders had a heart attack, and, you know, I have to say I kind of thought he was pretty hearty and healthy and, I don't know, thin and probably had a lot of doctors around him. It just 
it goes to show that you just don't know what's going on inside of someone's body. So I wanted to kind of put together some of the things that Joe and I have learned over the years in medical school and nursing school, and then just through our own health problems, families' health problems, kids' health problems, uh, some advice that I can kind of summarize, hopefully won't take up the entire show, but things that you guys really need to think about. And it doesn't matter what age you are. Even five years old, you can start being heart healthy, diabetes healthy, blood pressure healthy. It all kind of leads your habits that you start early leads into just a natural state of living as you get older. But if you are already older, it kind of compounds it because you might have had some bad habits in the past that perhaps we can talk about today and tell you why you shouldn't be doing that and maybe give you some self-motivation to put your health in a better status. Obviously, nobody's in perfect health. We're humans. We have issues every day. Whenever your cells are born, some of them are not born perfectly. And your body, thankfully, most of the time, regulates that and helps to get rid of those unhealthy cells so that they don't turn cancerous. But today, I really want to talk about general health. We're going to specifically talk about prevention of heart disease, keeping your blood pressure under control. Um, If you have high blood pressure, either preventing high blood pressure or helping to get it under control. Um, And a little bit about your kidneys, because I I think a lot of people don't realize how important your kidneys are for heart health. Really, they all go together. Your blood pressure, your cholesterol levels, your kidney function, it all kind of works as one. I mean, we're we're a machine and we have parts, but each of these parts are interconnected. So what influences one a lot of times puts other things out of whack. So we have to think about our, our bodies as a whole, not as just a heart or just a kidney or just your blood vessels. So what is heart disease? It's actually the leading cause of death in the United States. Some people say, well, they could be surprised about that because you hear cancer, you hear all of these other diseases. There's just not a whole lot of talk about heart disease. We have cholesterol medicines, but a lot of them are running out of patents. And so you're not hearing about medicines that have been around for a lot of a lot of years. And therefore, they're not buying advertising to talk about, hey, if you got heart disease, you can take this medicine. So the heart disease is not really in the forefront of a lot of folks' minds, but I'm here to put it in front of your mind right now. And hopefully, like I said, uh, make some little changes. Maybe you don't need to do too much. Maybe you didn't think about something and what I'm about to say might ring a bell. Um, It's also the major cause of disability. There are some things that can raise your risk of heart disease, which I'm going to go over in just a second. And these are called risk factors. That's a technical term, but thankfully, it makes sense. It's your risk factors. Some of them you cannot control. I have a genetic predisposition for super high cholesterol and high triglycerides, and I have been battling them since age 20. 
while reading every label of every food item I have ever purchased in the grocery stores. Yes, it's difficult. So I totally understand, been there for many, many years. Some people have genetic problems. We just have to keep fighting, folks. Don't give up. But learning about them can help you lower your risk for heart disease. So if you're aware of them, then you can do something. So what are the risk factors that we can't change? First of all, unless you leave this world, you cannot change your age. That's it. You are what you are. When you were born, every minute after that, you're getting older. And guess what? You're going to be older tomorrow than you are today. So you are the youngest you're going to be right now. Think of it that way because the glass is half full. Men age 45 and older and women age 55 and older have a greater risk. Yes, women have a little bit of a protection. We do tend to live a a little bit longer. So you men listening out there, if you want to hang out with us as long as you can, heed some of the advice I'm going to give you today. Your gender. Again, we're just talking about the age related to men and women. Some risk factors may affect heart disease risk differently in women than in men. For example, estrogen provides women some protection against heart disease, but diabetes raises the risk of heart disease more in women than in men. What that means is if you're a woman and you have diabetes, you have more risk for heart disease than men do. Your race and ethnicity. Certain groups actually have higher risk than others. African Americans are more likely than whites to have heart disease, while Hispanic Americans are less likely to have it. Some Asian groups, such as Eastern Asians, actually have lower rates, but South Asians have higher rates. So it depends on that. Family history. I did just talk about that a little bit. You have a greater risk if you have a close family member, not a distant cousin or a second cousin, who actually had heart disease at an early age. That doesn't mean that your grandfather was diagnosed with heart disease at age 80, because Pretty much by 80, we all have heart disease. It means early age. So what can we do to help lower the heart disease? Fortunately, there are things we can do. And first of all, get control of your blood pressure. Blood pressure is a major risk, not a minor, a major risk for heart disease. It's important to get your blood pressure checked regularly. You can buy cuffs from many places. But if you're going to do it, please don't buy the wrist cuff, blood pressure cuff, because we have had those. We've probably tried three different brands because both Joe and I, our blood pressure is under control, but we do watch it. We're very careful and we probably check it every day, but use the arm ones. Make sure you have a cuff that's appropriate to the size of your arm. If you're a little beefy in the arms, make sure you have a large cuff because that can make the difference between you getting a normal result if you have the right size cuff versus some crazy result and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my heart's going to explode any second. I'm I'm toast. What am I going to do? And then you go to the doctor's office and it's perfectly normal. So you freaked out for nothing, which by the way, we'll talk about stress in a little while, but that's not good for you either. So get the right cuff 
check your blood pressure regularly. And again, when you go to the doctor, they will check it for you. So make sure you have regular visits. Um, don't just go to the doctor when you're sick. Go when you're not sick. Get preventative care. A lot of people just don't think about that. Take steps, including lifestyle changes, which we're going to go through, to prevent and control high blood pressure, which are the same steps to help prevent heart disease. Aha! We're killing two birds or we're making two birds live with lifestyle changes. That's how we'll put it. Again, glass half full. (laughs) Eat a healthy diet. We're going to talk about um, some specifics on that um, in just a second. To help manage your blood pressure, you should limit the amount of sodium, salt, salt, folks. Salt is in all our foods. You need to read the labels. Very important. Don't just throw the same foods that you've been putting in your basket, in your basket without looking at it. If you have trouble with your eyes, bring your reading glasses. I do not go to the grocery store without my reading glasses. If I do, I go home and get my reading glasses because I have to read the labels. I need to know what is in our food. You know what's hidden? A lot of people don't realize there's so much sodium in pasta sauces because tomatoes have salt naturally. And then you get a whole bunch of them and you smush them up and you put... 30 tomatoes in one can of tomato sauce. I mean, I'd like to see you eat 30 tomatoes, but if you got it in sauce, it's probably not too hard because it's cooked down and concentrated. So even though there's no salt added to the pasta sauce, it naturally has it. So read the label. You'll be shocked. Another thing, soups. Oh my gosh. There is rarely a soup that I find that doesn't make my eyes pop out of my head like holy moly it is tough to find a soup I actually I did find I think it's called Bar Harbor or something I'll have to look that up soup it's in a it's got a white label it they have a clam chowder not they're ready to eat clam chowder but they're concentrated and it doesn't have high fat it doesn't have high sodium You're supposed to add, quote, butter and cream to taste, but honestly, it's a potato-based instead of a cream-based soup. So if you just add a little water and maybe a little very low-fat milk or no-fat milk to it, you can get a nice soupy consistency to what you want, and it doesn't taste salty. You may have to add a tiny bit of salt, but be super careful. But at least you're starting off with a soup that isn't, like, 40% of your daily intake of sodium. You don't want anything that says that because you can imagine if you're eating that, what else you're eating around that. So soups and, um, you know, just, just be really, really careful with different foods. Oh, another thing, frozen foods. Things that are low fat, low carbs, you know, it it has these labels and you think, oh, that must be great or it's gluten-free and you know, they seem to be organic. There's all, all these healthy terms. Well, flip it over, read the label. You might be shocked when they take the fat out that they put a ton of carbs, which is sugar. When they take the carbs out, they put a ton of fat. Oops, now my high cholesterol is going up. They take both of those out and then they add a bunch of sugar, um, salt. So it's really tough to find foods that are pre-prepared 
or even, like I said, some natural foods like tomatoes have a lot of salt that don't overdo the sodium. So you're going to have to do a lot of basic cooking and not add. I made a homemade chili the other day and uh, not Joe's favorite, (laughs) but it was made with turkey and chili powders. I had some Mexican powder. These are organic. I got from herbal, um, sorry, mountain rose herbs. And it was all, all organic powders. They had spices. They had Mexican. I put a little Cajun and I put their chili powder. None of them had salt added to them. And then I also have a, a salt-free garlic and herb. I did a lot of uh, fresh garlic and I did uh, almost a whole white onion chopped up with the turkey meat. And I added one can of low-sodium drained and washed kidney beans. I took three fresh tomatoes, washed the seeds out because he doesn't like seeds, and smashed those up and added them. And then I did two low-sodium stewed tomatoes. That was probably my highest salt content, and I did no additional salt. I also added some black pepper to it. So it had a nice little kick. It had good flavor. Definitely did not have the salt level that we're used to with chili. So cooking like that, you just have to get your taste buds used to it. It takes some time, but it's it's really important. You need to read about your sodium. Um, increase your potassium in your diet. So what we're also doing, again, for for helping the blood pressure, is we both eat a half a banana every day. Um, if you decrease your sodium enough, you don't have to have too much potassium because it's a balance. And too much of one throws the other one out of whack. So uh, have add some potassium to your diet. But again, bananas are great. We have bananas all over the grocery stores from many different places. But you have, will have no problem finding bananas these days. Um, we'll talk more about diet, but also more vegetables. And by that, I don't mean like cobs of corn. <laughs> you don't want all those starchy vegetables. Actually, healthy vegetables like um Let's see, we would do spinach. Um, I've also made squash and zucchini with a little Parmesan cheese. And um, again, that salt-free garlic and herb powder. Uh, Actually pretty tasty. Just baked it with a little bit of olive oil. Replace butter with olive oil. And let's see, DASH diet. Let's talk about the DASH diet. Because whenever you have a blood pressure problem, the first thing your doctor says is you need to go on the DASH diet. And you say, what in the world is the DASH diet? It actually stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. It's an eating plan that's based on research studies sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. Their studies show that the DASH diet lowers high blood pressure, improves levels of cholesterol, yay, and this reduces your risk of getting the dreaded heart disease. The DASH eating plan emphasizes fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Again, don't go overboard with the carbs. Be careful. Includes fat-free or low-fat dairy products. Think yogurt or low-fat milk. Fish, poultry, beans, nuts, and vegetable oils. Limit foods that are high in saturated fat, and those foods include fatty meats, full-fat dairy products, and 
tropical oils such as coconut, palm kernel, and palm oils, which is really funny because a lot of people are on the coconut oil thing, and I think you need to look more into that because they're not recommending that you use a lot of that. Um, frankly, I would prefer an olive oil. Limit salt. And I actually put that in capital letters for myself and I was reading that because salt, 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 salt. Don't put salt on your food. Don't add salt to cooking and read the labels. Let's just walk away from the salt. The next thing on there is the sugar. Walk away from the sugar. We shouldn't be eating ice cream. We shouldn't be eating cookies, candy, Unless it grows off of a tree or from the ground, stay away from it. I'd rather see you eat a baked sweet potato, which has got so much healthy benefits to you, so many healthy benefits to you, that, and it tastes really, really good, something naturally sweet, or a banana, which we were just talking about, then reaching for a soda or something like that. So stay away from sweets and sugar-sweetened beverages, um, and Actually, the truth is most of those beverages are not sugar-sweetened. They're high-fructose corn syrup-sweetened, which is a whole nother show. They should just ban that from our food stores. It's evil, whatever. Food groups that you should be eating. Grains, six to eight a day. Eh, yeah, but be careful of the carbs. Um, this is not a permission to eat bread all day. These grains are not like white bread, rice, things like that. <clears throat> Be careful what you're eating. And meats, poultry, and fish, six or less. I would go for those lower fat foods like a turkey, roast a turkey, bake a chicken, um, have a fish. Don't put a cream sauce. Don't bread them. Don't fry them. Because not only is it what you're eating, it's how you're preparing it. So if you pour cream soup on, say, pork chops that's got 700 milligrams of sodium and, I don't know, 34 grams of fat, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> Suddenly it's not so healthy. Vegetables, again, watch how you prepare them. Um, frying vegetables is not as good as eating them steamed <clears throat> or boiled. Um be careful what you put on the food. If you add salted butter onto your vegetables, eh, it's not so good. Four to five servings of those every day. Fruits, again, four to five. Low-fat or fat-free dairy products, you want to do two or three. Again, these are daily. Fats and oils, again, just two to three, but those are going to be low amounts, very small amounts, is your two to three servings. Sodium. 2,300 milligrams or less. <clears throat> Try to read those labels and see what you actually eat in sodium. You will be shocked. Weekly servings now. I kind of disagree with this one. It says nuts weekly serving four to five. Frankly, if you want to have a plain oatmeal with, I don't know, four or five crushed walnuts and maybe four or five almonds on it every day for breakfast, I think that's awesome. So I probably won't go for the four to five nuts every day. Seeds, I think seeds are fine too. Um, dried beans and dried beans, I think dried beans are good too because you get fiber. Again, like we were talking about the kidney beans that I rinsed. 
Um, I think beans are not a problem. Again, you can't over-salt them, though, and add a bunch of salted butter and then maybe some ham hocks or bacon. Uh, tastes really good, don't get me wrong, but not going to be the healthiest thing. And uh, peas. Peas they want you to stick to. Um, that's part of the seed nut dry beans weekly servings. Sweets. They actually have uh, a serving of sweets. Uh, it's funny to me because, frankly, just you should just walk away from it. I'd rather see you eat a healthy chili bowl uh, with even a little, you know, low-fat cheese and some onion cut up on it than eat sweets. But did you say with the DASH diet, again, we're just talking about high blood pressure, five or less. So if you have to, you have to um, just be careful. So... They also have a little note here that 1,500 milligrams of sodium lowers blood pressure even further than 2,300 milligrams of sodium. Uh, I'm not sure what you can eat with 1,500 milligrams of sodium. Maybe, I don't know. Let's see what you could eat. Uh, maybe a banana. <laughs> I'm not sure. If one banana every day, maybe that's less than 1,500 milligrams of sodium. But you're going to starve, so... Yes, it will work better. Just do what you can. Again, do your best. Exercise for everything, for your blood pressure, for heart disease, for your kidneys. Exercise. Now, this does not mean you have to go to the gym three hours a day. I'm not saying you have to lift 100 pounds of weights for five hours. Take it easy, okay? Take it easy. Especially if you haven't been exercising, just don't go hog wild and say, well, I haven't walked in 10 years, but let's go on a six-mile hike up that mountain over there. No, don't, don't do that. Go slowly. It's okay. We're not trying to make drastic changes in your life right here. We're trying to watch things, be careful, do a little less of that, eat a little less of this, maybe eat a little more healthier foods and, and less bad foods. Because if you make dramatic changes, maybe you do make that six-mile hike. Well, you might come home with a knee problem or you twisted your ankle or you just can't get out of bed the next day and you say, oh, I can't do that. I will never do that again, which means you probably don't want to exercise ever again. So be careful. Exercise can help, help you maintain a healthy weight, lower your blood pressure, and also lower your cholesterol levels. If you have diabetes, it keeps your sugar in, ta in more of a healthy range. If you are a diabetic and you've eaten something maybe not so good, get on a treadmill, go for a walk, do jumping jacks, do some sit-ups, go out and garden, pick those weeds, get up, get up, up and active. And when you do check your sugar, it might be a lot better. So what do you need to do to start? They recommend that you get moderate intensity aerobic exercise at least two and a half hours per week. I didn't say day, per week, okay? This is not a gym rat that's going for two hours every day, okay? That's spread out. What I think is great, what has helped me in the past lose weight is actually just 20 to 30 minutes a day. And I did that kind of exercise routine even when I had kids. And they were little. 
And so I would be able to get on a treadmill for sometimes just five minutes. Sometimes I was hoping to get 10. And I would hop off. And then maybe after dinner, I would go hop on again while they were doing something. So you can accumulate that 20 to 30 minutes on a daily basis, even though your life is hectic and crazy. Ours is much slower now, so I can get on. But there are some times when I'm, you know, I'm just not feeling quite right after 10 or 15 minutes, and I'll get off. But then I'll get back on for, say, another 10 or 15 minutes. And I might do that three times, so I end up with 30 to 45 minutes. It doesn't have to be a nonstop stretch. They have actually shown you still get health benefits for your heart and losing weight, by doing it in short bursts and periods. doesn't have to be all at one time. That's a myth. So don't think that you just did a little bit and then you did a bit later. That's okay. It's the same amount of exercise. So just do a little bit whenever you can. Brisk walking. Again, I, I'm not crazy about jogging. Frankly, I think people who jog great, good for you. I, I'm, I applaud you. But my knees hurt when I try to jog and it just doesn't feel right to me. And if it doesn't feel right, and I think if I keep doing this, I might actually hurt myself. So if you're not used to jogging and it's just not something you want to do, don't. Just don't. Walk fast. You'll have less problems with ankle and knee problems if you're not used to it. Do some weights. And when I say do weights, five pounds of weight, three pounds of weight, you know, if you're a guy, you want to do 10 or 20, that's fine. Going much more than that, I mean, what are you trying to be really, Mr. America, Mrs. America? Um, most of us are not trying to do that. But when you build muscle, you actually are able to burn some of those carbs that you might have eaten that maybe you shouldn't have more. And while you're sleeping, they aren't going to stick where you don't want them to stick in the places you don't want them to stick. <laughs> So more muscle means burning more calories and burning more sugar naturally. So build up your muscle. I'm not saying, again, build it up like just tone. That's a good word. Tone yourself. So tone your legs, tone your arms, tone your stomach, um, tone your back. Yoga is really good. Actually, people don't realize how strenuous yoga is. Now, this is the tough one. Uh, stay at a healthy weight. Well, I think we have a huge problem with being overweight and obesity for this country. So these things that I'm talking about, diet, exercise, watching your sodium, this is all going to lead to the healthier weight. So you got to make those changes so you can get to the healthy weight. Don't expect to be a healthy weight in three weeks. I mean, these 10-pound, one-week crash diets, that's insane. Okay, let's say you can do it. Can you do it the second week? No, because your body's going to scream at you. I need food. You can't just starve yourself. And frankly, if you're going to starve yourself, um, I I think it's terrible. I really do. And nobody should do that. You eat healthy. You eat the right amounts of food. Oh, another good hint for eating healthy is follow the servings, but also eat breakfast. Eat uh, a low-fat, doesn't have to be no-fat, you can if you want, a low-fat yogurt. I We eat one of the 
containers. I think they're like four or five ounces. We split it in half. So it's not a lot of yogurt. And then we add, again, I was talking about walnuts, almonds. I also do, I now have a ground flaxseed for fiber. Um, and also, oh, a few raisins. Not like two tablespoons of raisins, folks. Like ten raisins. Joe actually eats five raisins or six. I go for the 10 or 12 because I like it a little sweeter. But that gives you the sweetness without adding a bunch of salt. And by the way, the nuts are not salted. Absolutely not salted. That's a good breakfast. Also, plain oatmeal with the same kinds of things. The plain oatmeal with the nuts, with the seeds, with the flaxseed, the ground flaxseed, with um, the raisins. And also, if you're going to do granola on your yogurt, don't uh, use sugar. Don't have anything with sugar. Get the healthiest, low-fat, low-carbs, plain-made granola because a ton of those granolas on the shelves look really delicious, probably taste super good, but they're loaded with fat and sugar and salt, which are the things we're trying to get rid of. So be careful of your granola that you're putting on there and just put like a tiny bit, maybe a tablespoon that's not heaped too much. We're just talking about a little crunchiness. It makes uh, the yogurt taste much better. So those are really good breakfasts. You can also do um, with those, both of them, a hard-boiled egg. We each eat a hard-boiled egg and then we split a banana. So we have half a banana. And it sounds like a lot And we never used to eat breakfast. Never, never, never. But both of us have lost weight in the past three weeks since we came back from vacation. And I think it's because we started doing the breakfast thing while we were away, eating exactly what I just said, most a yogurt parfait in the morning, every morning, plain yogurt, not sweetened yogurt, not vanilla yogurt, plain, no fruit added, nothing that's that's extra. And we walked a lot. So we're trying to keep up those habits. And it's working. Yay. The next one is hard. Limit alcohol. Now, if you go overboard, you start drinking a bottle. This is an issue. If you drink six-pack of beer, it's an issue. The truth is alcohol is sugar. Sugar can cause obesity, diabetes, problems with your kidneys, problems with heart disease, it damages arteries, it is mostly bad for us. So we have some studies that say, you know, a little bit of wine. There are parameters. If you're a guy, it's okay to drink two or less alcohol servings a day. Be be careful with your servings. The wine glasses can get a little big. We don't need goblets. We need small portions, so you have to watch it. And by watching it, Joe doesn't drink alcohol, but I do sometimes. And by being very careful with the alcohol intake, it's helping with weight loss, which is helping with blood pressure. And hopefully I prevent heart disease. So, you know, it goes hand in hand. I understand some people like their alcohol more than others, Just think about it as not being the healthiest if you drink too much. A little bit's okay. Everything in moderation. But by moderation, I mean, again, women are supposed to only have one glass, maybe two. And men aren't supposed to have more than two for sure. 
So be careful with that. Don't smoke. I think a lot of Americans have stopped smoking. It's not as prevalent as it used to be, and that's super great. Kids aren't. Now we've got these e-cigarettes. I don't know about that. I see a lot of smoke come out of these people who do it. I know it's supposed to be vapor, but there have been a few deaths. People have had some problems with um, lung disease, lung issues, and I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing. If you're smoking a lot and you need to do that in between quitting and you're not using it as a complete substitute, but as a step down to stop, then, you know, just try to find something that uh, they're not worried about these days because they're, they're worried about a few of these different um, e-cigarettes. So just try to find something that, you know, isn't being recalled or, or looked at at this point if you have to. If you can just stop cold turkey, that would be great. But stop smoking. Please, please, please. That also means um, cigars. Um, I, I don't know about marijuana. I, I worry about marijuana, too, not because I know it's supposed to be medicinal. Great. But you're still getting smoke in your lungs. So I worry about long-term damage just from the smoke being in there and irritating the lung tissue. I could be wrong. It might not cause any problems, but I don't know. Smoking is smoking to me, so I don't do that. Manage stress. I have spent 22 years telling my husband to chill out, to relax. Something's bothering him. Don't worry about it. Are you still alive? Can you eat? Can you walk? You know, can you get to the bathroom on your own? You know, there's just certain things in life that we should be thankful for. Did you wake up this morning? Just the fact that you woke up this morning, even if you can't walk, you know what? I woke up. Maybe you're grateful for somebody in your life, um, a child, a, a, a neighbor, a spouse, a grandparent, a parent, an uncle, a good friend, a coworker, you know, be grateful for the things that we have and be grateful that it's not worse because there are a whole lot of people, no matter how bad you think it is, there are people who have worse lives than you and worse things to deal with. Sick kids, sickness themselves, it can always be worse. If we get up or just wake up in the morning, we should be happy. That's just my positiveness. That's why I get happy. <laughs> it's just, I woke up. Yay. Learn how to relax. Okay, so we're going to talk about managing stress, which will improve your emotional and physical health and lower your blood pressure. Don't have road rage like I get sometimes <gasps> yelling at cars while you're driving. Stress, stress management techniques include exercising, listening to music, focusing on something calm, peaceful, meditation, I also recommend finding a hobby you enjoy. So let's, I'm just going to throw some of these out here and maybe something will stick. Maybe it's something you do and you haven't done it in a long time, but you remembered you do love it, so pick it up again. Hiking, fishing, camping, painting, knitting, sewing, photography, bird watching, fixing up antiques, building things, woodworking, making knives, making jewelry, or anything you can think of, beekeeping, Gardening, bonsai trees, raising animals of any kind, including hobby fish, which are super peaceful to watch. 
read or write books, articles, or poetry. Learn something you never thought you could. You wanted to, or maybe you even not, didn't even think about it, or just didn't think you could. Something like, I'm doing a class on augmented reality. We went to London. We ended up going on an augmented reality walk, and it was so cool. But I didn't understand exactly how these things were floating in front of me through a phone. It was crazy. So I'm taking a class. I never in a million years thought I would learn what augmented reality is and how to make it because that's my next step. I'm going to try to figure out how to do this. Or learn how to make a beautiful wood picture frame that you can put some of your family photos in instead of leaving thousands of pictures on our phones. Print them out and put them in a handmade frame you made. Challenge your mind and enjoy what you do. Make music or start learning to play music. Play an instrument you always wanted to learn. Check on eBay, Craigslist, or they also have instrument rental stores for a good used one to start with. It doesn't have to take a big investment. Remember, guys, we're not trying to spend money. We're just trying to have some fun and be stress-free. Go outside. I know it sounds crazy. Sing loudly to your favorite songs while dancing. You can use headphones if you don't want anybody to hear you. If you're going to do it out loud, find a quiet place unless your neighbors are cool with it too. I know this. I I think this is good. Have an 80s-themed dance party once a month. You're going to get exercise. You're going to laugh at each other because you're all dancing crazy. (laughs) And you're going to have fun with friends. Being with friends and family, people that you love, that you like to be around, is very relaxing. How how about this? Pretend like you're a three-year-old. Do face painting or dress up in silly costumes and have a party for your friends. I'm not talking about a three-year-old's actual party. I'm talking about adults because you don't want to scare the kids. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Mom and dad have gone crazy. So have a grown-up party for fun. Life is just too stressful and too short to not jump off that crazy train and have some fun. Phone is not just for kids. We deserve to laugh and have a good time too. That's my advice. Other advice, keep your cholesterol and triglyceride levels under control. High cholesterol can clog your arteries and raise your coronary artery disease and heart attack risk. These lifestyle changes that we've talked about, and I'm going to talk about more, even more, and medicines if needed, if needed, can lower your cholesterol. Triglycerides are another type of fat in the blood, and high levels of triglycerides can also raise the risk of coronary artery disease, especially in women. I personally have been battling triglycerides for years, many years. It's tough, folks. So let's talk about triglycerides for a few minutes. High blood triglycerides are a type of lipid disorder or dyslipidemia. This condition may occur on its own or with other lipid disorders such as high cholesterol or a low HDL, a low HDL as part of uh, metabolic syndrome. Certain medical conditions, we talked about genetics, lifestyle habits, and some medicines you take are all factors for high blood triglycerides. Medical conditions that may increase high triglyceride levels include 
if you have thyroid disease, diabetes, liver and kidney diseases, you're overweight or morbidly obese can all contribute to that. Sometimes the gene you inherited can come with high triglyceride levels. Usually those are are super high. Being physically inactive, so you got to get out there and move. Eating foods that are high in fat and sugar contribute to high triglycerides. Drinking too much alcohol can also increase blood triglycerides. Some medicine used to treat uh, breast cancer or high blood pressure or HIV or other conditions can also increase triglyceride levels. So sometimes it's medicine, sometimes it's genetic, sometimes it's just your lifestyle problems. High triglycerides usually don't cause any symptoms, so you don't even know that's happening. Untreated or uncontrolled high blood triglyceride levels may increase your risk of serious conditions such as coronary heart disease and also stroke. Very high blood triglycerides can also increase the risk of acute pancreatitis, which is inflammation of the pancreas that causes severe pain in the abdomen. So if you're having pain, strange, unusual pain, you need to get to an emergency room. Get that checked out. Based on your risk factors and your personal and health family histories, your doctor might recommend testing you for high triglycerides with a routine test called a lipid panel. A lipid panel can measure total cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol, which is the high density, and also LDL, which is low density cholesterol. And it also measures, of course, the triglyceride levels in your blood. Your doctor might diagnose you with high triglycerides if you're fasting, which means you haven't eaten since the night before, or at least since uh, 12 midnight. Your fasting blood triglyceride levels are consistently not just once, but consistently, more than 150 milligrams per deciliter or higher. Normal fasting blood triglyceride levels are usually less than 75. For children under the age of 10 and less than 90 for children age 10 or older and adults. If you are diagnosed with this, your doctor may first recommend you adopt the heart-healthy lifestyle that we've been talking about. And that might help. If that doesn't help, there are some other things. You could try um, omega-3 acids, um, and also there are other different medications that aren't the actual statins, which are a prescription medicine, and that is what people have to take with high triglycerides and high cholesterol. A lot of people I'm talking to right now are listening are on this, I know. So stick to that healthy diet. Limit those saturated fats, foods high in sodium and added sugar. Eat plenty of fresh fruit, vegetables, and whole grain. We talked about that DASH diet, which is just an example of one eating plan that can help lower that blood pressure and cholesterol. Limit the alcohol. We talked about this. Make sure that your drinks are no more than two per day for a man or one for a woman. And that alcohol really does raise triglycerides, so... Um, this is an issue to think about how much alcohol you're drinking. Again, don't smoke. Please, please, please. Um, a million people can tell you, but if you really don't care, then you're just probably not going to quit. Think hard and long about it. 
everyone can tell you, your doctor, your friends, everybody, you have to stop, you have to stop, you have to stop. Unless you are truly motivated yourself and you have personally decided that you're going to stop, it's never going to happen. Now, the one time that I'm, it upsets me is when people smoke in close proximity with children who have no choice but to be around their parents. I think that's terrible. Go outside, be away from your children. If you are pregnant, I, I don't know how to say this in a nice way, but you're actually harming your child. Honest to goodness, there's no way to sugarcoat that. It is just not good. They have found so many future diseases for that child, including a relationship with liver cancer to mothers who smoke while pregnant. So please do what you can while you're pregnant with the child. I don't care what you do before. Afterwards, again, please smoke outside, but do not smoke while you're pregnant. You're just giving it to the kid, and they don't have a choice. You know, kids are people too. Manage your diabetes. Having diabetes doubles your risk of, a di- of diabetic heart disease. That's because over time, high blood sugar from diabetes can damage your blood vessels and the nerves that control your heart and blood vessels. I'm going to repeat that again. High blood sugar from diabetes can damage your blood vessels and the nerves that control your heart and blood vessels. So it is important to get tested for high for diabetes. If you have it, make sure you keep it under control. Keep it under control. If you want to live, that's all I'm saying. Keep it under control. Some people may not realize how linked these two issues are, heart disease and high blood sugar, but increased sugar can also damage your kidneys as well. You don't want to lose much kidney function or you're going to end up on dialysis and there are just not enough kidneys to go around for transplants. Every day, thousands more people are put on a huge list already of many, many, many thousands of people. And guess what? There are very few kidneys to be found. So save your kidneys and you will thank me. What can you do for your kidneys? Kidney diseases are silent killers. You don't feel anything. You don't realize it's happening. But it's going to affect the quality of your life. There are several ways to help reduce the risk of kidney disease. Same things we've been talking about, folks. Keep fit and active. Exercise. Keep regular control of your blood sugar. Monitor your blood pressure. Keep it normal. Eat healthy and keep your weight in check. Does all this sound familiar? Maintain a healthy fluid intake. We haven't talked a lot about water, although clinical studies have not reached an agreement on the ideal quantity of water or other fluids we should consume daily to maintain good health. Traditional wisdom has long suggested drinking one to five to two liters, three to four pints of water per day. Another recommendation is water should be around the fluid ounces based on your weight in kilograms. So if you weigh 70 kilograms, by the way, there's lots of converters on your phones and your computers to find out your kilograms. If your weight is 70 kilograms, then you should drink about 70 ounces of water a day. Sounds like a lot, but try to get as close to it as you can. Consuming plenty of fluids helps the kidney clear sodium. Remember the salt we talked about? Urea and toxins from the body which in turn results in significantly lower risk of developing chronic kidney disease, according to researchers in Australia and Canada. The findings 
the researchers said do not advocate aggressive fluid loading, don't drink too much, which can also cause side effects, moderation. But they do provide evidence that moderately increased water intake, around two liters a day, may reduce the risk of decline in kidney function. Folks, you do not want to lose your kidneys. I don't care about much else at this point. If you've been listening to me, you need to keep your kidneys. There's not a lot of those going around. Okay? They can put stents in your heart for the high cholesterol, but they can't fix your kidneys. You're screwed. It's important to keep in mind that the right levels of fluid intake for any individual depends on many factors. Genetics, exercise level, where you live, your climate, health conditions, pregnancy, breastfeeding. And in addition, people who already have had a kidney stone are, or are advised to drink the two to three liters of water daily to lessen the forming of a new stone. Don't smoke. Don't take over-the-counter pills on a regular basis. One particular drug that you need to watch and be careful of is ibuprofen. It is known to cause kidney damage and disease if taken regularly. I don't mean the ibuprofen you took last night for a migraine. I'm talking about on a daily basis or a regular basis. Such medications probably do not pose significant danger if your kidneys are relatively healthy and you use them for emergencies only. But if you're dealing with chronic pain, such as arthritis or back pain, work with your doctor to find a way to control your pain without putting your kidneys at rest. Get your kidney function checked if you have one or more of the high-risk factors. You have diabetes, you have hypertension, you're obese, One of your parents or other family members suffers from kidney disease. You are African, Asian, or Aboriginal origin. Other ways to make sure you don't get heart attacks. Make sure you get enough sleep. If you don't get enough sleep, you raise your risk of high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes. All these things we've been talking about. You have to get your sleep. Those three things can raise your risk of heart disease. Most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep a day. Make sure that you have good sleep habits. If you have frequent sleep problems, contact your health care provider. One problem, sleep apnea, causes people to briefly stop breathing many times during the night. This interferes with your ability to get a good rest and can raise your risk of, guess what, Heart disease. If you think you might have it, ask your doctor for a sleep study. They're really easy. In fact, I think they may even be doing sleep studies in home in your own house. If you do have sleep apnea, make sure you get treatment for it. So the theme here has been diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, prevention and management measurements, and they're all intertwined. They're interrelated. And all of these can make you sick and hurt each other. But if you take care of them, you can live a healthier and longer life. So please, eat better by lowering salt, bad fat, and sugars. Maintain a good weight. Maintain a normal blood pressure. Exercise daily if you can. Relax with something enjoyable. Stop bad habits like smoking and drinking too much alcohol. Drink a good amount of clean water daily. Limit ibuprofen intake to save your kidneys. Read all medications, including over-the-counter ones, to see their effects on your liver, kidneys, and more. Be cautious about what you swallow. 
Get your physical exams plus blood tests done regularly for cholesterol panels, diabetes screening, including a fasting blood sugar and a hemoglobin A1C, and metabolic screening plus more. Early detection and early treatment are vital. This is Nurse Amy not giving you advice anymore. Have a beautiful day, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.